Thanks for checking out the Crossing College and Career podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages you and challenges you to walk confidently in your identity in Christ. I also felt the need to just say that I really believe that it's simple, but God is in a good mood. He is. I think a lot of the times we come in trying to have it together or we're worried about what we did or what we plan on doing after service or we, we have these things that go on in our lives though and we're like, God, he's going to be so frustrated at me whenever I do talk to him. He's in a good mood. Yes, we need to repent. I'm not saying don't do that. But he's in a good mood. He's a good father. He loves us. So I, 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 had, I, I just felt the need to say that, but I wanted to read um, 2 Chronicles 7.14. says, And my people who are called by my name, they'll humble themselves. If they'll pray, if they'll seek my face, if they'll turn from their wicked ways, then I'm going to hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and I'm going to heal their land. And I truly believe from what's been happening already uh, this evening, even prior to today, um, but I believe God wants to instill healing tonight in this place. Mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, whatever Lee you want to add to it, God wants to do that, but he, he gives us kind of a little framework here. And he says, we've got to humble ourselves. We, we have to pray. We have to seek his face. We have to turn from our wicked ways. And he does the rest. A lot of the times I think we forget about our part in it. And we just hear that God's a healer and he loves us. He's a good father, all, all the things I was saying. But he, he set up almost a, a book of guidelines. And he said, hey, if you do these things, then I'll do that. And so I want us to concentrate on that. And I think the cool thing about it is if we call ourselves sons and daughters of God, that, that's just what we do anyway. We forget sometimes, but that's what we do. And a lot of the times, I think me personally, and I felt convicted about it, I, I can treat my sonship as a confession rather than an expression, you know? And I can, I can say all day, I'm a pastor, because I am, I have the title, but it doesn't matter how much you talk about it, you have to do something with it. Sonship, if you're a daughter, daughtership, we'll call it that. But it's not just a confession, it's an expression too. And so God wants us to live this thing out. I truly believe he wants us to experience healing, not just something you hear about from someone else's testimony, but he wants you to create your own testimony tonight. He wants you to have your very own testimony that you create with him tonight. Now he's going to do the work. We have some work to do on our end, but he's going to do it. And I don't want whatever you came in here with to hinder you from receiving that healing. Because a lot of the times that's what the enemy, he'll try and get you to do is say, you're not good enough, you're not worthy, your sin was too much, whatever it may be, there's all this other stuff going on and we think we aren't good enough for the healing of God. You see, the devil doesn't win whenever he gets us to sin. He, he wins when he gets us to lose sight of our acceptance that God has given us. He doesn't win whenever we do bad things and maybe we're distanced from God and all these things. He wins whenever you say, yeah, God doesn't really care. I don't know if he really accepts me. I don't know if he loves me. That's when he wins. So let's usher ourselves and let's position ourselves in the place tonight where we know we are a son or a daughter of God. Yeah, we, we may have some stuff with us, but that's what he sent his son for is to take that away. And that's a real thing that actually happens. The blood of Jesus covers that. If we remain humble, though, if we pray, if we seek his face, if we turn from our wicked ways. So let's partner together with that to receive our healing and do our part so God can do his. Amen.
Father, we thank you for what you're going to do tonight. We uh, have come with expectancy. God, you've already been moving um, before service. So I just pray for that same spirit, that same presence to be here, God. And I pray that we're receptive more than anything. God, don't let what who we used to be or who we even think we are right now, if it's, if it's different from what you say about us, let that die right now. And let who you created us to be come alive, God. We're accepted, we're loved, we're adopted, we're cherished. God, God, God you chose us. <laughs> so we just thank you for that. God, we open ourselves up to you tonight and whatever you want to do. And we pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Yes, thank you. Can we give Pastor Stephen a round of applause? Aren't we blessed to have him for Unite? And can the Unite team, if you volunteer with Unite Stand, let's praise God for them. They, they are helping put this together. Stand up, who are you? I don't know who you are. Okay, yay, awesome. I'm grateful to have you guys. This is awesome. I am Pastor Fiona, and uh, I'm, I'm, I will weave my testimony into what I have to share today, but I've been in America for 14 years now. I, I'm originally British, born and raised, but God called me as a missionary 14 years ago, and I never left because America... Well, I still say England is the best, but I will say America is my second best. Amen. <laughs> so, so as I was in worship, as we were in worship, I just felt like to pray into two things. Number one was a spirit of performance. And number two was social anxiety. Okay. Because I felt like God says he really wants us to be ourselves. Number one, right? Who we are is good enough. What we carry is good enough. How we have been made, how we've been wired is exactly what God wants us to show and to reveal to others. And the other thing is social anxiety. God doesn't want you to be afraid in a social setting. God wants you to be your true self, your real self. So right now with eyes closed, head bowed, eyes closed, if you struggle with performance, raise your hand. If you struggle with social anxiety, raise your hand. Okay, put your hands down now. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that the Lord breaks that spirit off of you. Because number one, God wants us to be who he's made us to be. So Father God, right now, you know every single one of us, Father God. And for those that are struggling with performance now, Father God, I pray that you'll break that spirit off of them now in the name of Jesus. That they will not fear man in any way. They will not fear any person in any way. I pray right now, Father God, that they will not feel like they have to put on a mask or be something that they are not, Lord but they can be truly who you made them to be, Father God. I come against a spirit of rejection off of their life, Father God, that causes them to perform. And I pray right now that you will set them free, heal them, Father God, to be the sons and daughters you've called them to be. And for those that struggle with social anxiety, God, I pray right now that is not from you in the name of Jesus. You do not give us a spirit of fear. You do not give us anxiety, Father God. So I pray right now for those that struggle, especially in social settings, God, that you will deliver them. You will set them free now in the name of Jesus, that they will feel confident and they will feel bold in any setting that you choose for them to be, Father God. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So at the end of this time, I've asked some of our 
prayer partners to pray for you. How many of you were here for Presbytery? How many of you were here for the prophetic service that we do once a year? So what happens during that time is people feel like they have words in season for some of the people that are there and they go to them and they give them a word of encouragement, comfort, and, and that's what we want to do today. We want to do at the end of this time, we want to speak words in season because how many of you believe God speaks right now? How do you believe that God can talk to you directly right now, knows what's going on with you, knows what he's called you, knows what he's destined for you? That's what we want to do at the end of service today. So we want everyone, don't miss that opportunity. Make sure you come and you get prayed for at the end because we're believing God to speak over every single one of you. So the word the Lord gave me for every single person, have you got the picture of the narrow road that splits in two? Yes. So this is what the Lord showed me as I was praying for Unite tonight. He showed me us on a crossroad and one going one way and one going another way. And one road actually defines the road that God wants us to walk on. The other road defines the way we want to walk on. God has a plan and a purpose for every single one of us, but we actually have a choice. Even as believers, we can choose to do it God's way or we can choose to do it our way. And I want to highlight this because it says in Matthew 7, 13 to 14, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go by it because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. So narrow in the Webster Dictionary says, it says to decrease the breadth or extent of, or to decrease the scope or sphere of. So what I found out when I was 22, that's when I gave my life to the Lord. At 22 years old, once I got saved, I discovered things started to get a little bit tight, started to get a little bit narrow. I couldn't now do all the things that I once was able to do. Not everything was now okay as a Christian. It felt like the collar around my neck was getting a little bit tighter, getting a little bit uncomfortable, like an overcrowded elevator. Anyone ever been in that? You got a picture of that? I think, yes. Anyone tried to squeeze in an overcrowded elevator? Or has anyone ever tried to drive up a narrow, winding road? Those can feel very uncomfortable. And that's how it can be as a Christian. Because before I was saved, everything goes. But when you're in the Lord, not everything goes. And sometimes we think of the narrow road as though God is saying no to sin. And yes, that is part of it. God is saying no to sin. God is saying no to sexual immorality. God is saying no to taking drugs. God is saying no to lying. That is part of the narrow road. But what is even more of a challenge as believers is not just laying down sin, but actually saying, God, your will above my will. Your thoughts above my thoughts. What you have for my life is what I'm going to do, not what I want to do with my life. Because as believers, that might sound like that's an easy thing to do. But what is God going to ask you to do? Could be very, very challenging. Because at 22 years old, I was on track to becoming a management accountant for Rolls Royce. I had a, a, 
a great offer after university to become a management accountant, to be trained in Rolls-Royce, to have a successful company behind me, to earn lots of money in the corporate realm, to be successful in the world's eyes. But deep in my heart, there was a great dissatisfaction. I knew that even though I had given my life to the Lord at 22, I was saved. Gosh, I didn't want to become an accountant. Accounting just sounded quite boring to me. No offense if you want to be an accountant. But if it's not what God has made you or wired you to do, it will be very dissatisfying. Doesn't matter how much money you get paid. Doesn't matter the, the, the accolades you get. If it's not what God has called you to do, you will feel very dissatisfied. You will feel so unfulfilled. So at 22 years old, God was bringing me to a crossroad. Fiona, are you going to be a believer that still lives for the world? Or are you going to pursue me for what I have for your life? And I remember at 22 years old, God, I want you to show me your purpose for my life. I wonder how many of you have ever asked God to do that? How many of you have ever really asked the Lord, show me your purpose for my life? Or are we assuming this way we are skilled or trained is the way that I'm going to go? When was the last time I asked you that? You don't have to reply to me, but when was the last time you asked the Lord, what is your purpose for my life? Because what you choose in your 18 to 25 bracket can actually determine the rest of your life. While I chose at 22 years old, even though I might have thought I'm still young, I could go many different directions, while I chose at 22 years old, determined where I am today. And we don't think that. We don't think 14 years, 10 years down the road, that what I choose in my early 20s can actually determine where I end up in life, but I'm telling you it can. And many people at my age are living in regret for the choices they made at your age. So God has brought us to a crossroad, back to that picture. God is bringing you all to a crossroad right now and he's saying, what are you going to choose? Are you going to choose my will or are you going to go it your way? Are you going to seek my will or are you going to just live the way you want to live? So I said to God at 22, show me your will for my life. I was just finishing university, believed God had a purpose for my life, hadn't fully dedicated my life to the Lord. I didn't want to dedicate my life to the Lord until he showed me his purpose. And I remember meeting a Christian girl at a birthday party. She just came back from a missions trip. She had just come back from New York and she had worked in the inner cities of New York. She get, went for like a short term missions and they reached out to all these kids in New York, 20,000 children a week for Sunday school. And as she was talking, as she was sharing about her experiences, I felt like the Holy Spirit was talking to me in that moment and says, I have called you to be a part of that ministry. I want you to go to New York and be a missionary in New York as part of that ministry. I says, God, you got to be kidding me. I've got no money for New York, you know. I have no way of getting there. I have just finished university. And at the end of the day, I don't want to be a missionary, okay. I want to be in the corporate world. I want to earn money. I want to look good all the time, okay. Missionaries, they look broke, God. 
They only have two t-shirts. They only have three pairs of pants. God, that is not my life. I'm a stylish girl. I like my hair done. I like to go to the hairdressers. I like my outfits. I can't do missionary life. You see, I was on that crossroad. I was 22 at that crossroad where God was clearly telling me what to do. God was clearly showing me, I'm calling you as a missionary. You are hearing my voice. I'm showing you the direction. And, and now you're going to argue with me. How many of you have ever argued with God? Let's be honest. Yes, we have, of course. Because what God could ask you to do when you actually say, God, show me your purpose for my life. He may actually show you something that you don't even see coming. You didn't even see, it wasn't even on your plan, not in your book, not something you wrote about, journaled about, dreamed about. But when you truly say, God, show me your purpose, then are we truly ready for an answer? Because sometimes we can say we are, but are we really ready to run with what he shows us as the answer? So God called me in that moment to be a missionary, and I fought that moment, strong and hard. But then I says, you know what? You're a good father. And wherever you lead me, you will provide for me. And you know how I am, God. You are going to give me money for my hairdresser and you're going to keep me looking good. Amen. <laughs> so I had my priorities right. And I just had to just kind of surrender to the Lord in that moment and say, you know what? I'm going to trust God. God, this doesn't make sense to me. But your ways are not my ways. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. You are predestined me to walk in good works if I choose. God has predestined every single one of you to walk in good works if you choose. But he's not going to make you. He's not going to force you. He will show every single one of us. As it says in Ephesians 2.10, it reads... If I can find it here. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God wants us to walk in those works. Because when we start to walk in the things that God has called us to walk in, we start to become more fulfilled than ever before. If I had stayed in that place of becoming an accountant, oh my gosh, my life would be so dry now. I would be. Oh, I don't even want to think about that life because that wasn't who I was made to be. But as I stepped into that calling of being a missionary, that is where I became alive. That's when I discovered my abilities to speak and to communicate. That's when I started to understand the joy of sharing the gospel. That's how I became alive in helping, helping others, helping families, helping children, helping people for the Lord. When you start to walk in the things of the Lord, you actually start to become alive. And I wonder right now in this moment, how many of you can truly say you're alive in this moment? You're fulfilled in the things that God has called you to do. You are actually enjoying this season because even though you may not be where God wants you to be yet, you are on the journey to where God wants you to be. Or are we, still, are we still living for what our parents think we should be doing? Or what our peer pressure is telling us we should do? Are we truly becoming who God called us to become? Are we truly asking God, show me your purpose for my life? 
So as I made my steps towards, okay, yes, Lord, I surrender. I'm going to go to New York. You are going to make a way. Someone said they're going to pay for my flight to go. And things started to fall into place for me to go. And then I went, actually, the following year I went because I needed a year of discipleship. And I went, and, and as I went, I was surrounded by, even though I went alone, I was surrounded by 150 other missionaries from around the world that love God. And even though God caused me to go alone, I was not alone in that situation because I was surrounded by people who also loved God. And God provided for me in that time. I thought I was only going to be there three months. It became five years. And in that time of being there and only being paid, get this, $200 a week. Figure that one out in New York City. That is crazy. And because I was British, I could not even apply for credit. I couldn't even get a loan, couldn't get nothing. I had to trust God to provide. But God provided in the hundreds, the thousands, the tens of thousands if I needed it. Because that's what was needed in New York City. And I can tell you in all honesty in that five years, I never owed anyone a penny. I never went into debt, never had a credit card. God provided in those five years. And in those five years, I traveled more than I ever traveled in any season. I was able to go back to England whenever I needed to go back to England. And most importantly, I was able to get my hair done and I got my outfits. Amen? Praise God. Priorities, priorities, priorities. Okay? So what we saw in that season is that God, he's our provider. We have nothing to worry about. Whatever the Lord opens the door for you and I to do, he's going to provide for you. But what it's going to take is are we going to be bold enough and courageous enough to say, yes, God, that's the direction you're calling me. I'm going to go. Even if my friends are not going, even if people around me are not going, even if my family do not understand, because most of my family were not even saved at the time. They did not understand how I was letting go of a lucrative position to become a missionary. They thought Fiona not found the Lord. She's lost her mind. Amen. Right? So you have to battle that though, because you know when God is talking to you. And as I walked out what God had called me to do, my family was starting to get saved as well. You see, God honors your steps of obedience. God does more when you say yes to his will than to your own will. God will bless you beyond what you can imagine. And 14 years later, being now in full-time ministry, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. But, it was, it, but, but me being here right now all started with what I said when I was 22 years old. God, show me your purpose for my life. That's where it started. And the choices I made in my early 20s have determined where I am today. And it will be the same with every single one of you. What you choose now, what college you go to, what education you choose, what career you choose can very much determine where you'll be 10 years, 15 years, 20 years down the road or even longer. So God wants you to make wise choices right now especially when you have God in your heart, when you know the Lord for yourself, God wants you to surrender to his way and he wants you to follow his purpose. I'm going to end with a final vision. It's a vision of a milk carton I had just a few days ago. 
if you can show them milk carton in the fridge, okay? So everyone's probably got milk in their fridge, and you're probably like, why in the world are you showing me milk in the fridge? What's the point of this? What is, where are we going, okay? So the point of buying milk and putting it in your refrigerator is not for it to remain in the fridge. It's not for it to be preserved. It's for it to be poured out. It's for it to be used. Your milk doesn't complain and say, do not pour me into coffee. I don't want to go. I would say that because tea is a real thing. You know what I mean? God was, God, God, Adam and Eve, before the fall, they drank tea. I'm sorry. I'm not going to argue with that. Okay. Coffee was the result of the fall. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> of course, the British would say that. So anyway, the milk does not argue about what it's poured into, right? It's, it's compliant, it's complicit, it's there to be used. And if you don't use it before the expiration date, it kind of smells quite, kind of funny, kind of smells pretty bad. But many Christians today, they're just in the refrigerator being preserved. They're not being poured out in any way. They're not being used in any way. They actually don't want to be used in any way. They're happy to be saved. They're happy to, to have given their life to the Lord. They're happy that they're going to go to eternity. They're happy if they don't even get used in any way at all. And everything that is on the inside of them ends up being wasted, spoiled. I remember a pastor saying that the most lucrative place in the world is the cemetery. Why the cemetery? Because of all the books that were not written, all the sermons that were not preached, all the all the films that were never produced, the most lucrative place is the cemetery. Because if we don't allow the Lord to pour us out in this season while we have life, then all it's going to do is spoil on the inside of us. And then when we go before the Lord and we give an account to God, what are we going to say? We're going to say, I live for myself. That's all we can say. But God wants us to be poured out while we have life, doing the things that he's called us to do. So we're not just a blessing to ourselves, but we're a blessing to those around us. So that when we go to heaven, we can say, I did what you've asked me to do. That should be every single one of our testimonies. I did, God, what you asked me to do. And there's nothing more that could bless our life than that. So right now in this moment... I want us just to ask ourselves the question, what is the narrow road that God is asking you to walk today? What is that narrow road? What is the things that God is showing you personally to do? Is there certain things that you know I need to be walking in right now, but I haven't been faithful. I have not done that. I want us just to reflect in this moment, just in this moment right now, what is that narrow road? What are the things that the Lord is saying? I need to lay down and I need to choose your will for my life. So as you're seeking the Lord, I'm just going to pray that God will reveal that. And obviously that this is an ongoing thing that you will dialogue with the Lord about. So Father God, in this atmosphere right now, God, I thank you right now that they are at a critical age, Father God, where they can make a choice to follow you to lay down their life, to do the things that, um, that, you are, that you are wanting them to do, Father God. So I pray right now that you will show them, you will reveal it to them, Father God, 
that you, Father God, will continue to speak to them, Father God. What is that narrow road? What does it look like, God? And I pray, Father God, that you will show show them the things they need to lay down and those things they need to pick up, Father, so that they are faithful to do the things you're asking them to do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. A really good book I want to recommend that we're going to do a prayer of surrender is Driven by Eternity by John Brevere. Has anybody ever read this book? It really is a, a challenging book on, on eternity, really, on, on the judgment seat of God, about making sure that what we're doing on earth really is in line with what God has for our life. It's not for the faint of heart. This book is not for the faint of heart, but it is a really, really good book. So I want to ask, who's, who wants to be challenged? Okay, this girl, she put her hand up, the, the, uh, the one next to you. I'm so sorry. Yes, yes. Come on. Yes. That you can share it with, um, you can share it with Naomi. Is that your friend too? Okay. Yay. Bless you. Okay. So we're going to do a prayer of surrender. And I'm going to read it to you. And if you feel this is specific for you, then you can stand. We're going to pray together. But I want to read it first and then you know what you're praying. So it says, Father God, I thank you. They should have it on the screen too. Okay, yes, you do. Father God, I thank you that you saved me, redeemed me, healed me, and set me free. I thank you that you have predestined me for good works that you desire for me to walk in. In Jesus' name, Father, I give you lordship over my life. I surrender to you my whole self, my heart, my mind, my memory, my imagination, my will, my emotions, my passions, my body, my sexuality, my desire for human approval, my weaknesses, my desires. I surrender every situation in my life to you. I surrender my plans to my plans and my future to you. I surrender my marriage or singleness to you. I surrender every fear I have to you. I surrender every doubt I have to you. I surrender all my wounds to you. I surrender all that deceives me in my heart to you. I surrender my finances to you. I surrender every unanswered prayer to you. I also surrender. And that's where you can put something specific in if it's applicable. Then we're going to say, I ask for you to fill me up Holy Spirit, and purify my desires. I pray as I spend time in your word and in your presence, you will reveal to me what is written about me so that I, so, so, so that I, through the empowerment of your spirit, can fulfill the destiny that you have predestined for me to walk in. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you want to pray this, let us stand and then we will end with this prayer of surrender together. And then I believe the worship team is going to come back or no the um altar ministry if the altar team can come forward and um, we'll be ready to speak words in season over you at the end so let's say it together father god i thank you that you saved me redeemed me healed me and set me free i thank you that you have predestined me for good works that you desire for me to walk in am i blocking anyone's view no okay in jesus name father i give you lordship over my life i surrender to you my whole self my heart my mind, my memory, my imagination, my will, my emotions, my passions, my body, my sexuality, my desire for human approval, my weaknesses, my desires. 
I surrender every situation in my life to you. I surrender my plans and my future to you. I surrender my marriage or singleness to you. I surrender every fear I have to you. I surrender every doubt I have to you. I surrender all my wounds to you. I surrender all that deceives me in my heart to you. I surrender my finances to you. I surrender every unanswered prayer to you. I also surrender. So we're going to just pause right there. If there's anything else that the Lord puts on your heart to surrender, that's where you can speak it in this moment. Okay, let's keep going. I ask for you to fill me up, Holy Spirit, and purify my desires. I pray as I spend time in your word and in your presence, you will reveal to me what is written about me so that I, through the empowerment of your spirit, can fulfill the destiny that you have predestined for me to walk in. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So as the prayer team comes forward, I'm just going to pray a seeding prayer over you now. Father God, I thank you that you have a plan for every single one of us, God. You predestined us for good works in which you want us to walk in, Father God. So I pray right now that you will cover us, Father God, strengthen us, and I pray that you'll show us, Lord God, confirm to us, Lord, the things that you have for our life. And as we give words in season now, Father God, I pray for confirmation. I pray right now for direction. I pray for your protection over this time, Father God, and we pray your blessing now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to check out the Crossing Church Message podcast with Pastor Greg Dumas. Once again, thank you so much for listening.